Hey, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek. I was going to come up with some sort of stupid I'm quitting or April Fool's thing. Uh, Nobody would believe it. Nobody would believe it. I love this too much. And I'm way too hot as a man to be trans, baby. So happy April Fool's Day to you. I'll just have to continue to mock the morons in the news in order to celebrate it. It'll be just like every other day as a cat jumps down on God knows what over there. Anyway, I appreciate the use of your ears. Happy Friday. Glorious, glorious, wonderful Friday. Action-packed. Lots of stuff going on. We're going to cover as much ground as humanly possible. I don't even know. We're going to... On the the Saturday show, I'm going to have to talk about Joe Biden and gas prices. It's... There's too much audio to sift through, and I just want to swear about it, to be perfectly honest with you. I just want to swear about this freaking moron. God, what an idiot. What an unbelievable... I can't even talk about it. This is why This is why the Saturday show, this is why the Week in Effing Review exists. Because you sit here and you go, I'm trying to think of how can I not drop an F-bomb here. And I don't know how to do that. Not on something like this. So we'll get to that. That's at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. It's fun. It's funny. It's filthy. It's everything you want it to be. It's three F's in one. Fun, funny, filthy. So, yeah, if you enjoy filth as fun, well, it's a regular pig in mud orgy. So go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast and please sign up. All right. Now, enough dithering, dallying and all of that. There's too much to get to. Let's get on with the show. Lots going on in the world. Let's get to it. There is, um, well, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out, how this works. We'll get to the Hunter Biden stuff in a bit and how the, the media is kind of waking up. Also, Nancy Pelosi has a very bizarre definition of democracy. It's very, very self-serving. One might even say that it's what the fascist would say. Uh, and the one who would say it would be me. We'll get to that. We'll get to Joe Biden um, not knowing what the hell's going on in his own government or in the country because that's who he is. But I want to talk about this Disney thing and the trans fight and the... Uh, parental rights and education bill down there that has the left in Florida, well, in the country, upset with Florida. You're going to see there are going to be a whole bunch of virtue signaling states, I predict, in the next couple of weeks that will pass cities and states. Because if you live in San Francisco, if you do anything for the government of San Francisco, like 29 states you can't travel to because of the stupid restrictions that they've imposed on themselves. The idea that they, uh, you know, like, well, because you're anti this or you said this, that or the, you can't, uh, no money in our government shall be spent on going to see you or whatever. They put travel bans on cities and states across the country. You can't go to half, more than half, I think it's 29 states. It's ridiculous. Not that, not that anybody's lining up going, boy, howdy, what would make this, this state better is more people from San Francisco's government coming here more frequently no no i mean the prostitutes maybe say that but everybody else the drug dealers i suppose too but other than that i can't imagine there's a whole lot of people going oh man i ordered way too many lattes i thought i'd be able to get rid of them this way anyway they uh the left 
lives in a world where they're, they live in a world full of uh, circus mirrors. You know what a circus mirror is, right? It's a, if you're short, you can stand in front of a certain circus mirror and boy, howdy, it makes you tall. It elongates you. If you're, if you're fat, you can stand in front of that same kind of mirror and it makes you thin. It's like, oh man, this is awesome. There's another mirror that makes you even thinner. This is great. The left lives in a world full of circus mirrors where they're the smartest, the funniest, the prettiest. Everybody wants to be around them. They live in a world where nary a dissenting voice is heard. And so when some state like Florida says, hey, teachers, leave them kids alone, you cannot talk about gender identity. How about you just stick to math, circles of paper, colors, letters, things like that? How about you just do your job? Worry about the other stuff. Leave that to parents, okay? You don't need to sit there and talk about what you, you and your partner did. We went, we went paddleboarding, and then here's what happened. Well, I, your mommy and daddy, are uh, yes, they're one's a boy and one's a girl, but I like boys, and I'm a boy, and here's why that means. And you could like boys, and you might even be a girl, and you might even be a boy. You might, and you fill the heads of a kindergartner with this garbage. The government said, no, not going to have that. That's no thank you. And the left went absolutely crazy. Why? Because, A, they didn't read the piece of legislation. It doesn't actually ban anything. You can still talk about your paddleboarding with your partner if you so desire. What you can't do is pry into the kids' feelings. What you can't do is get off the lesson plan. You can't. You don't have to pretend that you turn into a a pillar of salt the second you walk out of class until the next day's class, you can have a life. You just don't cram this stuff down kids' throats. Just because a boy picks up a Barbie, you don't get excited and go, ooh, you might be trans, and start talking to them about their feelings and saying, well, what do you, do you ever feel like a girl? Because a five-year-old doesn't have a damn clue what a girl feels like, even a five-year-old girl. You don't either, by the way, but that's beside the point. So Florida passed this common sense law. You can't talk about heterosexuality. Some stud of a first grade teacher can't come in talking about all the uh, orgies he went to. Sorry, Madison Cawthorn. I'll try to mention that later. That's funny. Uh, But it's that simple. Just leave sex and gender discussions out of kindergarten through third grade. Well, Disney went crazy. Disney had an all-hands-on-deck meeting. We played you the audio yesterday. My God, what is going on? We must be able to... My identity is so wrapped up in being... Really, your identity is so wrapped up in being able to talk to children about your sex life? Because I think you shouldn't be anywhere near children, if that's the case. Also, I think you're a pathetic human being or should I say pathetic excuse for a human being, if your existence, your existence is defined by your genitals and what you do with them. You're a pathetic person. Honest to maybe a prostitute. That's a career choice if you weren't forced into it by some leftist um, trafficker across the southern border. But if your life is just tied up in, in what you do, how you have sex, and who you have sex with, that's it. That's all you bring to the table. Your table is empty. Your cupboard is bare. You have nothing 
worthwhile to say you are a damn joke of a human being and I pity you. I pity you. But um, there's some interesting polling data and information out there that maybe, just maybe, the Democrats and Disney have hitched their wagon to the wrong horse, the horse going in the wrong direction. A new poll, a nationwide poll, actually, by, um, what are they called here? PO Strategies, Political Opinion Strategies, national polling firm. The so-called don't say gay bill. That's what the left calls it. You can say gay all you want. If you need to say gay, if you're compelled to say gay for any reason whatsoever on a daily basis or an hourly basis, I'd say you need professional help. But hey, whatever. So when Americans see the actual language of the new Florida law, it wins support by more than two to one margin. When they actually, the bill is four pages long. Anybody could read it. I guarantee you that nobody at Disney has read it. Not a single. I guarantee you, the people out there, uh, the uh, the three hosts of the Oscars, whatever the hell their names were, well, they said, "Ooh, we're in Florida. We're going to have a gay night, gay, gay, gay." And they sort of wiggled their fat bodies around in the uncomfortable dresses. The really one of them was attractive, but I don't even remember. That was the one I didn't know. Um, they, uh, I guarantee you, they haven't read it. Four pages is an awful lot. I bet you they got a fundraising email from Democrats saying, oh, my God, can you believe what's going on? They're oppressing gay people. And so they went absolutely crazy and said, well, we must. We will. We shall protect our gay friends, our gay colleagues. Why? From what? Doesn't matter. Must do it. Without ever knowing anything about it. Without ever bothering to look it up. Well, overall, in this poll, 61% support the legislation because people with children don't want anybody talking to their kids about sex. People without children understand that you probably shouldn't be talking to kids about sex. And people whose children are older now still recognize that you shouldn't do that, and then they start to think about their grandchildren and some perverted weirdo leftist talking to their grandchild about sex. Now, what's interesting is it's a majority across the board. With GOP voters, 70 Support, 23 oppose. With independent voters, 58% support, 26% oppose. Two to one. Two to one there. And amongst Democrats, amongst Democrats, this is the only one that doesn't quite make it to two to one. Just barely doesn't make it to two to one, which is telling, which is something that should really cause Democrats to be afraid. It is 55% of Democrats support, 29% oppose. It's only three percentage points away from a two-to-one margin. And actually, within the margin of error, it is a two-to-one margin. Parents, 67% support, 24% oppose. Amongst people who know someone who's gay, 61%, support. 28% oppose. Those are huge, huge numbers. The American public recognizes it. It's not homophobia. It's not transphobia. 
It's leave the kids the hell alone, but the left can't do it. Well, the left won't do it. Some of them are probably compelled, but they won't do it. Disney picked the side of the gimp horse. They picked the side of the distinct minority. Now, they had to have known that they were doing this to some extent. I don't know that they knew the extent to which they were picking that side. I don't think they knew how wildly unpopular their stance was, again, because of those same liberals who live in those bubbles. In Disney, when you've got a, when you're a woke corporation, you either tow the company line, you either, you either believe in that left-wing garbage, in which case you'd be completely surprised, or you recognize that if you don't tow that woke garbage line, you probably you won't be fired for that particular reason unless it's particularly egregious like you donated money to a pro-life group and somehow they found out but you if you are discovered to have strayed from the thought plantation of the left they have ways of making your life your job your career your profession so miserable that you don't want to do it that you just that you'd rather quit that's how it works. We didn't fire them because they're conservative. Really? Oh, no, no, no. We would never do that. But you, you made their lives miserable. You made them clean the toilets. You made them whatever. You started discounting every single one of their ideas. Whatever it is, there are ways that they make people's lives so miserable that you don't want to be around them. Everybody knows this. You've, you've probably done it to some person in your life who was disgusting and toxic and you just, you know, a friend of a friend, you just kind of made it clear, like, I don't, we're not friends. You you might be friends with so-and-so for now, but sooner or later they're going to see through your garbage and I'm still going to be here. And until then, I'm not going to make any overtures. I'm done with you. Everybody knows someone like that, at least one someone like that. In my case, it was a guy called Eric. <laughs> anyway, it was, uh, you know, it's that sort of the disconnect between the world and the left southern new hampshire university southern new hampshire university on their website you know when new students register when old students come back and they try and log in and you've got to uh, tick your schedule and all of that whatever it is they're now requiring students to add their gender identity and pronouns to log into their accounts update your account with it. it says, at Southern New Hampshire University, we're always looking at how to improve our programs and better serve our needs. Profile information such as contact information and preferences help us understand who our students are and if we are meeting our commitment to serve all students. Do you have any contact preferences? What is the best way to address you when we call or send emails? We are missing the following. Gender identity, pronouns, preferred first name <laughs> please review and update your profile on my snhu and then update your profile there it is a it's from the office of diversity and inclusion diversity and inclusion oh, yeah. we appreciate you providing us with additional information your responses will help us better understand our students in an effort to improve our programs and support services if you have any questions you can email blah 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 or contact your advisor yeah, i have any qu i have questions um, why do you have a job? Why do you have a job? If this is what you do, 
What's the best way to address? Could you imagine? There are people out there. They're faking it. But there are people out there, liberal special students out there. Oh, they're just all little snowflakes, all unique and so delicate. Who, when they open an email, if you, I told you my pronouns were Z, and if it says Mr. So-and-so on there, they will suddenly, they can't read any further. Ugh. The pearls are clutched. The hand immediately goes to the neck. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. They blink like there's a bright light in their eyes, and they almost, almost lose consciousness. Not really, but they put this show on for the people. So you click the Update My Profile, and there is your list of pronouns to choose from. You can list your gender identity and then your pronouns. He, him, his. She, her, hers. They, them, theirs. Z, here, her. Hitters. I don't Z is Z E, then H I R, then H I R S. And then X E, X E M, X Y R, X I R, X Y R S. Those are the choices that they give you. But of course, we know that that's not enough because these idiots out there continually make things up. They do it because they know that there are uh, people in the existing power structure on the left who will jump through a flaming hoop and go, all right, well, your new uh, pronouns are sandwich, zeer, and uh, football. All right, well, we'll we'll do that. Those are perfectly valid. Oh, and your gender is space alien? Well, okay, well, that's what you got to be. The other choices, by the way, from Southern New Hampshire University are please use my name. (laughs) Please use my name. First of all, why would you send anybody a, a letter or an email that uses third-person pronouns? In any, what, what does it matter? You, you, you would be the only pronoun you would use if you're sending somebody a letter. That should be the only pronoun you use. Now, they, I, I don't see them as having. Somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna hear this. Somebody's gonna catch that. Somebody's gonna notice it sooner or later that you is still out there, untouched, unmolested, and they're going to demand that that change. Because if I'm talking to you, I don't care how screwed up your childhood was and what you think your pronouns should be. That covers it. If I'm writing you a letter, I'm not going to say, well, uh, John says this. And and uh, he does. If I'm talking about you, I'm talking to you. So it says, please use my name, which would be really weird. Suddenly you turn into Bob Dole. Or it says, I don't identify with any of these. In which case, the university will dispatch a team of psychiatrists to try and butter up to you and suck up to you and figure out what to call you because they're stupid. This is all stupid. The stupidity knows no bounds, by the way. Oh, I'm a this. I'm a that. This is my gender. This is my other gender. This is my other this. Okay. Congratulations. You're mentally unstable. Remember Elliot Page? Ellen Page. She was an actress back when uh, she was Ellen Page. And uh, she was Juno. She was, who the hell was she in? Uh, Kitty Pride. She was Kitty Pride in the X-Men movies. She was stealing all the roles for women when she was secretly a man. You believe that? Where is the moral outrage over that? Where, damn it, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, apparently she was on a show called The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. I've heard of it. Only because of her and, well, I guess him. She's now Elliot Page, not Ellen Page. I had heard of it only because of her. 
And uh, I thought at the time when she came out and said, I'm now a man. Literally like four foot eight or something like that. Uh, When I heard of it, I thought, well, then you have to quit your job, right? Don't you have to quit your job? If, If Scarlett Johansson can't play a trans woman, then you can't play a woman, trans or not. Especially if you're now identifying as a man and taking hormones and I don't know, gluing little fake five o'clock shadows on your face or whatever the hell. I don't know what they're doing. I don't care what they're doing. But if it's one way, then it's the other way, shouldn't it? If if a woman can't play a trans woman who's secretly a man trying to pretend to be a woman, then a trans woman can't play an actual woman or a trans man or whatever the hell. You, You begin to see how stupid this is. But it's the goose and the gander, or it should be the goose and the gander, but it's not the goose and the gander. The left will be celebrating this. They will be uh, attending orgies this weekend on this one. The Huffington Post. Elliot Page uh, said Tuesday that his character on the Netflix show The Umbrella Academy will come out as transgender during its third season, mirroring the actor's own experience after coming out himself in 2020. Still no penis there, so whatever. But why should that be? Now you've got an actor. This is, again, how far these stupid demands go from these leftists. An actor is now infringing upon the creative team's ability to do their show, to do their job, to do the show they want to do. I highly doubt they wanted whatever chick she played to be a dude. Or else... They would have written him as a dude, right? Isn't that the way it works? Oh, I know. I'm being so crude in my language. But let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. If they'd wanted that, they would have done that. So rather than, uh, you know, the actor, the actress signed up uh, to play a female role, knowing full well that deep down inside I'm secretly a man. Oh, Well, that seems like a false pretense. That seems like a breach of contract. And now she's going, I now am a man. I am a man. I'm taking hormones. I'm altering my appearance. I'm having surgeries done to alter my body. You know, nature doesn't require surgeries. Just saying. I'm having surgeries done to alter my body. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. Go ahead. But you have a job to do. Your job is to play a female character. If you can no longer do that, or if you are unwilling to do that, you have to go. Well, could you imagine the absolute fecal storm that would happen? What would actually happen if that were if the producers said that? Like, look, sorry, we've got a story arc for this character that is dependent upon the character being a woman. He, Elliot, can't do that. Elliot can go off with E.T. and they can do whatever. But uh, Elliot can't do that. So we had to let Elliot go. Or Elliot was uncomfortable doing that. Whatever it is. So we had to let Elliot go. Because the story, the show, is more important than any one participant in it. Especially a show that nobody's ever heard of. And uh, if Ellen Page is your big above-the-title star name, you got no star power in the show. You could easily just interchange people. I, I suspect that whatever this Umbrella Academy show is about... 
I don't think it's probably all that popular on Netflix, but Netflix has so much money that they could go, well, we just need new content. This one is woke enough. And now that Ellen is Elliot, let's just keep throwing some money at it. Let's just, okay, fine. You know, we'll search the couch cushions in the Netflix offices and throw that towards the Umbrella Academy. Paige's character, one of seven siblings with supernatural powers. Boy, howdy, doesn't this show sound awesome? Will be known as Victor Har Hargreaves, whatever the hell, moving forward. The show, based on a popular comic book series, will see Paige's character come out as part of his story arc rather than part of its time travel or multi-dimensional elements. GameSpot reported. No, yeah. You're getting... uh, You can tell this show is wildly popular by the fact that this groundbreaking, earth-shattering news was first reported at a used video game reseller's website. You can tell the fans are just lining up bated breath. But this is the world we're creating... Well. This is the world the left is creating, and this is the world they are mandating we all live in. Meanwhile, over at CNN, CNN launched their CNN Plus this week. Did you notice? No, you didn't. No one did. It's a subscription service that very, very few people have subscribed to. They're already, in fact, bracing for layoffs in May because things are going so poorly. But they have this ironically entitled... um, Reliable sources, email, newsletter, that's email, where either the uh, Weeble or his rejected Cabbage Patch model partner write in there. Uh, Oliver Darcy is the rejected Cabbage Patch. Look up Oliver Darcy and tell me that somebody didn't try to say, well, uh, how about this for a Cabbage Patch? And everybody sort of recoiled in horror. You could see the cabbage patchiness, but you go, no, no, it would never sell. Why? Why? We don't hate children here. We don't want to sell this thing. So it was rejected. And then it went on to become a media reporter at CNN. Ali wrote this uh, today's newsletter. And you would think with Hunter Biden, if you're talking about media, if you're covering the media, and that's his beat that the media finally coming around with yesterday, the Washington Post discovering Hunter Biden's laptop is real. Not all of it for some weird reason, but uh, everything that involves Joe Biden's time, not vice president. They dutifully ignored all the uh, sketchy emails from when Joe Biden was vice president, but that's for another day. Maybe maybe after the next election, they'll discover that those are real as well and go into that. But you, you'd think that that would at least warrant a mention. Hey, all that stuff that we, these gatekeepers of truth, had been insisting not be reported on because it was Russian disinformation turns out to be actually real. It didn't rate a mention in the newsletter about the media from CNN. Can't imagine why nobody's watching that. Instead, they let off with the Disney stuff and right-wing media, the attacks on Disney, which is an amazing feat because they write this newsletter without ever actually addressing what Disney is doing. They don't ever actually mention what happened in the video conference all that audio i played you yesterday we're like oh yeah we're shoehorning gay agenda into everything and boy howdy i want half the characters to be gay or something else 
by in a couple of years. And man, we've got to get rid of all those uh, ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls because 0.05% of the population, the professional offended class, might be offended. They ignored all of it. They didn't mention any of it. They just went right after Fox and talk radio. Right now, they say, Fox News, conservative talk radio, and constellations of right-wing websites websites and influencers are all training their firepower on the entertainment giant Disney CEO Bob Chapek's belated stand against Florida's don't say gay bill has given away to right-wing media. It's a horribly written newsletter that I mentioned that Oliver Darcy was dumb. He's dumb. Uh, has given way to right-wing media portraying the uh, company as a woke organization seeking to groom children with what they characterize as radical LGBTQ agenda. We made that acronym pretty short. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry. Couldn't fend that off. Tried. Yes, really, he writes. And really is hyphenated and in italics, so you know he's serious. The family-friendly, fun-for-everyone, intentionally inoffensive brand is being challenged like never before, largely by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and other GOP politicians who are playing to the cameras to raise their own profiles. Now, what he doesn't get into is why, how, what, what are they saying, what are they doing? It doesn't matter. While Disney employees and others initially hammered Disney for not taking a strong stance on the don't say gay bill the second time he's referred to the bill by the left wing name and not its actual name. The opposite is now true on the right. How much will it impact business? It might be tempting to dismiss these attacks on Disney as irrelevant to the company's bottom line, but I think that would ignore the very real power held by the talking heads and entities attacking the company. We saw over the last six years how effective these same players were at convincing a not-so-insignificant swath of the country that news from reputable sources was fake. Now, presumably he means CNN is a reputable source. That assault certainly impacted how conservative Americans view mainstream news outlets. In their little newsletter, they go on and say, basically, you're stupid. You're an idiot. It's your fault that you believe the fake news. We are a reputable Fox conservative talk radio. Nobody else is reputable but us, says the rejected Cabbage Patch doll model. And you wonder why CNN Plus is going so poorly. (laughs) Why they're looking at layoffs already. They've just launched Monday. They just launched Monday and they're already considering layoffs in a month it's now april may in may they're considering layoffs cnn honestly it's a subscription service that the audience has to pay for the cnn plus i have to be clear about that because i think most people think that they're you know money involved in watching cnn you'd assume that they must be paying people to watch like they do the people that trapped in uh, airports. You know, they don't actually pay them. They pay the airports to trap people. But no, CNN Plus is um, a service that they thought you, the public, would pay for. Why? How? Where the hell would that be? No one. 
No one in their right mind would pay for this. They get it. They offer it for free. They offer it for free every day on every cable system in the country, and people don't watch it. Who in the hell goes? You know what that thing? The restaurant I hate. I never want to go there again. The food is awful. But let's get some takeout from there. We'll throw it right away. But let's get some takeout from there. Nobody says that. That's, nobody really. If, you, if you're saying that, give me your money. I'll take your money. Hot Air has the story because Charles Gasparino, who is a Fox Business contributor, Fox Business reporter, he's got the scoop. He tweeted it out. Breaking CNN Plus employees breaking for layoffs, possibly as soon as May, amid projections of lackluster sales of new streaming channel. CNN employees say new streaming channel could be merged into larger Discovery Plus as early as May unless subscriptions pick up. Now, the Discovery Networks, Discovery Channel, and all the things that go along with Discovery, they are buy, They're in the process of buying CNN, Time Warner, whatever, the whole shebang. It just apparently takes a very long time for this to happen, but they're doing it. They're buying it. Why? I, I mean, there are some good properties in there. CNN is not one of them, but there are some good properties in there. Now, Discovery Plus, the streaming service there, I imagine does a pretty brisk business. They they have some good programming. They got HGTV. They got all that sort of every pretty much every network like that. So there's a market for subscriptions for that. They're going to roll allegedly, reportedly, they're going to roll that into Discovery Plus. They're going to run uh, roll CNN Plus into that, which would mean that all the people there that are uh, half the shows would probably have to go. And all the people there who are to do, uh, I don't know, uh, subscriber relations or things of that nature would be completely unnecessary. Because why? Well, if you you're no longer a standalone subscription service, they've already spent the money on the infrastructure to make this thing to prop up this network. So you can't just shut it off. That would be a massive waste of money. So you go well. We'll just roll it into a subscription service that's actually working, and we'll uh, pretend that it's that was always the plan. Because otherwise, you shut it down. We would spend like I don't know. We'll just say fifty million dollars to set up something and shut it down two months later because it costs money. Now, smartly, if it was your household, you would because you'd go, well, we can't keep throwing good money after bad. But uh, you're not CNN. You're not Discovery. You're not a left winger with an agenda. The moral victory, the hilarious moral victory and uh, schadenfreude victory for those of us on the right when CNN plus collapses, if it did collapse, is too great. They don't want that to happen. They want to deny us that. So they will roll it into Discovery Plus so they can go, well, this was the plan all along. We never thought it would be a standalone thing when, in fact, they did think it would be a standalone thing. I honestly I honestly don't know who the hell subscribes to these things for news networks. The stuff that they put on the air is bad enough, and you get that for free. Uh, who goes, I need more of this? The, the documentaries they see the trailers for, you see the commercials for, not interesting. Not interesting. Hosted by, like, some of the dumbest people they have working for them. The only thing that's mildly interesting, which I still wouldn't subscribe for, are the Tucker Carlson interviews. The interviews. I, I always, I'm interested in some of the people he interviews and some of the takes that they have. But other than that, I wouldn't wouldn't pay for it, even though they get they inflate their numbers. They all juice their numbers. Hey, get it for free. Get it for free. Get it for free. Even Disney does it. 
buy a phone, get Disney Plus for a year. Well, you'd be stupid not to take it. They're counting on you taking that, and then month 13, they just start billing your credit card. But they also can say, look at how successful we are and how many people we have subscribing. And that's how they do it. They offer it for free. They offer it for free. And just like gym memberships, they're hoping that you forget by the time the free ends. Oh, because you're a first responder. You get this for free. We care so deeply. Do you care so deeply? Why do I have to put in a credit card? You're giving me a year for free. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't question that. Just give us your credit card and you'll enjoy your free subscription. That's how it works. By the way... CNN's uh, head of strategic com- um, communications, which is their PR guy, he responded to Charlie Gasparino's tweet. He says, For the record, we are very happy with the launch of CNN Plus and are only bracing for a long run of success. Yeah. He's not addressing the idea that it's all going to be rolled into Discovery Plus because it's unsustainable on its own. They're just very happy with it. They're nuts. His other stuff going on, non trans related issues. The uh, This is amazing how this, it, it all goes in with the Hunter Biden laptop story. It all goes in with the Hillary Clinton. Everything is, the left is so wildly corrupt, so thoroughly corrupt, down to the marrow. It's like if you've ever marinated, over-marinated a steak. You know, like, oh, yeah, you change the color of it. It sat there so long. Like, oh, man, I meant to cook this yesterday. Like, yeah, now it's now it's a weird color or whatever. It still tastes good, but it's just it's not the natural color that it is, that you'd assume it was, or you smoked it all the way through. So much of the left-wing disinformation machine, the lie, the fraud, the fake news, is being exposed now that uh, the left is kind of scrambling and they're doing their damnedest and they're doing a fine job, I have to say, to propagandize their bad messaging to the point that you you might not notice that these dots connect. That's why I'm here, ladies and gentlemen. That is why I am a broadcast professional. The Associated Press has this story. You all know about, we'll get into the Hunter Biden laptop revelations. Oh my goodness, these are real. Uh, that they've been denying. They've been denying it, not just ignoring it. They've been denying they're real, and then suddenly they're real uh, in a second. But this one comes to us from the Associated Press, somebody named Jill Colvin. And it's it should be a bigger story. It's just not. DNC Clinton campaign agree to steal dossier funding fine. That's the headline. Fairly innocuous. You probably wouldn't even read it. If you're like, what is that? I don't. I don't know. I don't care. Well, let's read it, shall we? Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign and the Democratic National Committee have agreed to pay $113,000 to settle a Federal Election Commission investigation into whether they violated campaign finance laws by misreporting spending on research that eventually became the infamous Steele dossier. Now, that's a hell of a lead paragraph. Wildly confusing, poorly written. Maybe Joe Colvin is just a bad writer. I don't know. But certainly, if you were going to read this story, you'd go, what the hell does... What? It's a long run-on sentence. $113,000 doesn't really seem all that much. And it doesn't really explain what any of this means or what it's about. As a good lead paragraph would or should. But they're not interested in doing a good lead paragraph. They're interested in saying, we reported on that. So check a box and move on. 
That's according to the next paragraph. That's according to documents sent Tuesday to the Coolidge Reagan Foundation, which uh, had filed an administrative complaint in the in 2018, accusing the Democrats of misreporting payments made to a law firm during the 2016 campaign to obscure the spending. And now, if your eyes hadn't glossed over already, I imagine they've crossed by now. The Clinton campaign hired Perkins Coie, which then hired Fusion GPS, a research and intelligence firm, to conduct opposition research into the Republican candidate Donald Trump's ties to Russia. But on FEC forms, the Clinton campaign classified the spending as legal services. Now you could kind of begin to see that some of these dots might uh, connect. You know, two dots equal a line, three dots indicate a plane. See, I remember my geometry, Mr. Gerbach. Uh, These dots form a bit of an interesting constellation, shall we say. Normally, you don't need to hide your opposition research. There are people in your campaign. There are people directly contracted with your campaign. There are people within the party who do opposition research. They do it year-round. They right now are Democrats and Republicans who are looking at the potential field. Well, they're actually doing it for 2022, but it's easier to illustrate for a presidential election. Who are looking at the potential field of Republicans in 2024. And they are scrutinizing every single mention of them, not only in the newspapers going forward, but in newspapers in the past. They might have missed something. Some of those people have already been on the list of possibly running for president before. So they're recovering their ground. This is it. And they're weaving together conspiracy theories. If there's a photograph of, say, Marco Rubio, from 2010 with some guy at a fundraiser or whatever, at an event, whatever, you know, these grip and grin things that politicians do. And now that person has murdered his wife or is in prison for embezzlement, whatever it is. They've got that photograph chambered and ready to go. Should Marco Rubio look like a threat to them? That's it. That's what they do. That's opposition research. You keep that in-house as best you can. Sometimes when you're going to go outside the the realm of acceptability in politics, which is, you know, a pretty narrow realm nowadays, really being crowded out, then you contract with somebody. You want to do the dirty tricks. Then you contract with somebody. That is who Christopher Steele is. He made the whole thing up. He admitted he made the whole thing up under oath. It took him till under oath. And weirdly, he is not, uh, of all the people they've had testify publicly, these Democrats, on everything and anything uh, Trump-related. Christopher Steele, have you ever seen him testify before Congress? Was he ever? No? No, he didn't. He allegedly, I believe he, he testified behind closed doors, but uh, transcripts and leaks of snippets of transcripts Not the same as the actual video of the testimony. Democrats know this. Democrats know all of this. Democrats are wildly corrupt. That's why they hired Perkins Coie, a law firm, to then hire Fusion GPS, a sketchy Democrat activist group that specializes in character assassination, hired them to then hire 
Christopher Steele to go and look into supposedly Donald Trump's ties to Russia. Not finding anything. I don't even know. Maybe Christopher Steele did look at first, tried to see if there was anything there, discovered there wasn't, and recognized that the million dollars he was waiting on was probably not going to be super forthcoming. Should he report back that there's really nothing there? So he took rumor. He took lies. He made stuff up in other cases and just went to town. And he got paid. And the Clinton campaign hid that payment. I believe it was more than a million dollars found its way to Christopher Steele through all of these entities from Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. They didn't want us, the public, to know about it. So they tried to hide it. That's against the law. They spent a million dollars. They got fined $113,000. Now listen to how that breaks down. The Clinton campaign agreed to a civil penalty of $8,000 and the DNC $105,000 according to a pair of conciliatory agreements that were attached to the letter to the Coolidge Reagan Foundation. Neither side, by the way, admitted wrongdoing. It's sort of like pleading no contest. But those fines are a joke. They spent more than a million dollars on this thing. They spent more than that in marketing this thing in, uh, to Democrats in the media. And then in the ensuing years, insisting and spending and spinning and getting people out there to go, oh, this is real, this is real, this is real. They spent a fortune on it. They got more mileage out of this than you will out of your new Michelins. You, they did. There's no question about it. And their fine is a rounding error in their budgets. $8,000 to the Clinton campaign? Give me a break. Give me a break. And $105,000 to the DNC. They'll raise probably, I don't know, $100 million this year. You look at this and you go, well, what, what was the lesson learned? The lesson learned is do it. Whatever it is, no matter how shady, do it. Eventually, it might catch up with you. You'll get a small story from the Associated Press. This is a story from the Associated Press, but it's on the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune's website. That's it. Did you hear about this on the nightly news? Is it a big deal? Even if it was, they just said, well, they agreed to pay a fine for misappropriating funds. For, and actually, it's not misappropriating funds. It's for so-called misreporting funds. By, quote, by intentionally obscuring their payments through Perkins Coie and failing to publicly disclose the true purpose of those payments, the campaign and the DNC were able to avoid publicly reporting on their statutory required FEC disclosure forms the fact that they were paying Fusion GPS to perform opposition research on Trump with the intent of influencing the outcome of the 2016 election. That's what the initial complaint read pathetic complaint they laundered money they wanted their fingerprints off of it you remember when the steel dossier became news when buzzfeed the cat blog reported it they just published the whole thing said well we don't know if this is true or not but here you go 
Then suddenly it was in the public domain, even though journalists had had it. And surprisingly, they had standards back then and said, we can't report on this. There's nothing to verify this. Once BuzzFeed published it, they said, oh, all right, well, let's go. BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed published. BuzzFeed is your North Star on journalistic ethics. You should consider, I don't know, Hemlock. You should consider at least a new profession at a bare minimum. But they all ran with it. They all ran with it because BuzzFeed did. And then from then on, it was, oh, some of this has been verified. Some of this is true. A lot of this is true. A whole bunch. Of, and they never said what they always said a whole bunch of it had been verified, but they never said what. None of it was. None of it was. Michael Cohen, who now hates Donald Trump with a passion, went to prison for being wildly corrupt in the uh, New York taxi business. He was reported to have gone to Prague to meet with people, to meet with Russians, secret, blah, 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 get information. Never been there. Never, even he says that's a lie. Never been there. This was something that still many Democrats dine out on. Well, Michael Cohen ran off to Prague to meet with... No, he didn't. The federal government, even sainted Robert Mueller, admitted Michael Cohen never... The Prague story was garbage. They still run with it. They will not let the facts stand in the way of the good story. So when this story breaks, the Clinton campaign violated the law because they didn't want the public to know that they had their fingerprints all over, that they'd actually not even have their fingerprints. They bought the ink for the Steele dossier. It gets buried. It gets reported by the Associated Press that gets buried in an avalanche of Associated Press stories. It becomes irrelevant. It becomes a non-story. It is pathetic that journalism has become this. The truth is, the Clinton campaign did this deliberately. If you remember when the Steele dossier was first published by BuzzFeed, when then CNN's Jake Tapper said, well, since BuzzFeed's doing it, let's go. And he busted it out on television. The story was for a very long time. We don't know who funded this. We don't know where this came from. Who paid for the Steele dossier? And what were we told eventually eventually once people started getting under oath and were asked then they had to admit okay yes uh the clinton campaign did it but they waited until there was a threat of perjury to do it and they muddled that as well because what were we told well the uh wash it was no the uh, washington free beacon they actually funded the beginnings of the steel dossier no they didn't what they did was they hired a, they hired, I believe it was Fusion GPS to do research on Donald Trump. As a, the Washington Free Beacon is a great outlet, but it's a small outlet. Not thousands of employees, not even hundreds of them. I'd be surprised if there were 50 employees of the Washington Free Beacon. I don't know how many there are, but I'd be surprised if there were 50. But they do great work. And part of doing that great work is they say, all right, well, this person is potentially running for president. Let's hire a research firm to go ahead and dig through and find us information. Steve Christopher Steele was not involved in the research that Fusion GPS did that was funded by the Washington Free Beacon. The Washington Free Beacon quickly abandoned it, saying, all right, well, we've got enough. There's nothing. There's no there there. Then the Clinton campaign came along and said, we'll pick up where that left off and go even deeper. We'll throw even more money at it 
and we want all the dirt possible. It is at that point that Fusion GPS hired Christopher Steele. That is left out when you deal with these left-wing reports of where the Steele dossier came from, and they said, well, it was originally funded by a conservative website. No, Christopher Steele was not attached, was not involved in it at that point. If you have the truth on your side, you don't have to lie. Yet for some weird reason, we can speculate as to why, liberal Democrats constantly lie. Hmm. Curious, isn't it? I want to play a little game. I think we're going to actually... No, I want to play a little game. I think we're going to have to actually come up with some sort of intro, some sort of theme music or something, uh, just the music. And then, what in the hell is this person trying to say? I think with this president and this vice president... They would uh, be regular participants, but there are all sorts of liberals where you sit there and you go, Nancy Pelosi is another one where you're going, what what in the hell is this person trying to say? Could have a whole contest over trying to figure out what in the hell this person is trying to say. For some weird reason, Kamala Harris was talking yesterday about Jamaica. I believe her ancestors are from Jamaica. She's... uh, Her family was one of the biggest slave traders in all of the Caribbean. So, you know, the prodigal daughter returns or whatever. But for some weird reason, we are spending money on Jamaica to try and boost their economy after COVID. Isn't that nice? It's awfully nice of us, isn't it? And she was trying to explain this. Now, what in the hell she's saying here will remain a mystery for the ages. I honestly have no freaking idea. Your guess is as good as mine. It may even be better than mine. Let's listen to it. We also recognize, just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the the issue of public health, but also the economy. What in the hell is she talking about? Anybody have any clue? I have no idea. For Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented is an issue that is economic in the way it impacts. uh, Its impact has been the pandemic. We will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential. And you thought Hunter Biden was the crack smoker in this administration. What the hell? And she's reading it, too. That's the funny thing. She's reading this. And this is actually one of her more coherent sentences. Our vice president, ladies and gentlemen, you feeling better yet? You feeling safer now? We got her as a backup. Ugh. I'm looking at social media, back to Hunter just for a second. There's footage from Joe Biden from October of nineteen of 2020. Quote, there's no controversy about my son. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. Joe Biden lied to journalists, to the American public, and journalists don't care. They used, he used journalists to spread his lie, and he still doesn't, they still don't care. They're like, you know, recently uh, passed away and rest in peace and all that. But Madeleine Albright, Bill Clinton used her 
being the first female Secretary of State to go out and lie to the American public on his behalf about him and Monica Lewinsky. When the truth came out, he lied to her. When the truth came out, she didn't care. The truth came out that she used to lie on his behalf, didn't care. Didn't care. So uh, it, the public is noticing these things. And you wonder why in these journalists go around and going, what's really dangerous? We don't know why it is uh, that the American public is not trusting us, but it's a threat to our democracy that, that the uh, public is not trusting the media. Yeah, you know, Goebbels was really concerned that not enough of the German people would buy his propaganda. Same energy. But the American public is not buying this garbage. The American public, thank God. You know, you can sit there and you can curse the Internet for a lot of things. And the Internet has brought a lot of bad things to bear. Social media being the most antisocial invention ever, maybe since sunglasses and somebody ascribed meaning to the middle finger, maybe since then. But uh, the American public can now access information and can share the accurate information with the vast majority of the public. They don't always buy it. They don't always get it. That's good. People are discerning. But it's out there. The left, God, the left hates that. My God, the left hates that. But it's not working out so well for leftists in the polls. Even Chuck Todd, poor little ginger avenger, Chuck Todd out there on his Meet the Press show, you know, He's hosting Meet the Press, and nobody wants to watch it on Sunday, so what does MSNBC do? They go, hey, you know what? We should put this on. If you think people hate it on Sundays, how much will they hate it if we give it to them five more days a week? Huh? Huh? So so bizarre. Anyway, even Chuck Todd, and every time Chuck Todd accidentally reports accurately on what's going on in the country, like with polling data. There's no there's no disputing the polling data. It's NBC News' own polling data, okay? They got no one to blame but themselves. But uh, it's the numbers are the numbers are the numbers. You can argue about what they mean if you want, but they're the numbers. The left always gets mad. Chuck Todd always pull, uh, trends on Twitter. Whenever he says anything like remotely realistic, like, hey, Democrats are not exactly in touch with the American public. The left goes, oh, my God, fire Chuck Todd, fire Chuck Todd. Like, yeah, that's kind of why the American public isn't a big fan of you fascists over there. That anytime anybody says anything like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing this or maybe this isn't such a good idea. It's not where you go fire them. He's a witch. Burn him. People tend not to like that. Anyway, listen to Chuck Todd talk about the polling numbers and how it is uh, the Democrats at least as of now, you got to always remember, if the election were held today, everybody would be wildly surprised because it's not election day. It's a long time before election day. But if the election were held today, Democrats would get their rear ends handed to them. That's all Chuck Todd is saying. This upset the liberals here, but it's interesting to hear his perspective uh, because it is based on reality. Let's look at presidential job approval rating. All right. When, when uh, Bill Clinton and George W. Bush had midterms that went their way, their job approval rating was, was right around 50 or north of it. All right? When you start dipping below 45, you've got a problem, and you're going to have midterms that are in the bad to shellacking ratio. President Biden's at 40. George W. Bush was at 39% in 2006. We know how that turned out. 
So you see that's also in shellacking territory. Then let's look at the generic ballot. What you're going to see here is a narrow lead for the Republicans, 42 to 44. And you're going to say, oh, that's competitive. No, 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 no. And, and national polling is extremely rare because of the way gerrymandering is work, uh, the way Democrats are packed into districts. You know, they have more 85 percent districts than the Republicans do. The bottom line is generic ballot. If the Democrats are losing, it means they're going to get walloped. Last time in 2010, Republicans had a two point advantage that translated to 63 seats. So in summary right now, you've got three, essentially three numbers here that all point into dangerous territory for the Democrats and the incumbent party. Presidential job rating at 40 percent, wrong track over 70 percent, and the Republicans leading in the generic ballot. Not a good time. Not a good time. Not a good time for Democrats. Not a good time in MSNBC. But he's at least honestly interpreting the numbers where they stand today. You've got to remember, always that asterisk, it's a long way to November. And no group of human beings is better at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory than Republicans are. Just keep that in mind. All you got to do is not screw it up, guys. All you got to do is not screw it up. And somebody will go, well, watch this. You got this Madison Cawthorn guy. I, I, Madison Cawthorn is a young guy. He's, a, he's very young. He's in his late 20s, elected to Congress. And he, uh, for some bizarre reason, he's always called, well, he's, I don't, th- I don't think he's ready for prime time. Certain, there's, a, founding fathers were brilliant in the, in the Constitution. They put certain age requirements to run for certain offices. Now, at the time, 35 made you an old man. So as president of the United States, being 35, I'm like, you know, you're probably going to die at 40. So become president at 35. That's fine. Um, it's different now. People live much longer, thankfully. So somebody being 25 years old and being able to run for the House of Representatives, you end up with an AOC. And you go, my God, she, she doesn't know a damn thing. Most of what you learn isn't from school. Most of what you learn that really matters is from life, from experiencing it. And whereas 25 years was more than enough when you were married at 12 and you know a father at uh, 16 or whatever, now it's probably not enough time. I'm not calling for changing the Constitution. I'm just calling for some discretion and going, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be electing children, people who act like children. Because we've, in, If you can still be, thanks to Obama, if you can still be on your parents' health insurance, you shouldn't be in the House of Representatives. Even if you're not, <laughs> you probably shouldn't be in the House of Representatives. Well, Madison Cawthorn was on a podcast the other day and he talked about how he he's also in a wheelchair. He, I think he, he got into a bicycle accident or something, whatever it was. Um, and he broke his spine. He's on a podcast, and he mentioned that he, when he first came to Washington, D.C., was brought to orgies, cocaine-fueled orgies. <laughs> cocaine fueled orgies that they're pretty common in Washington D.C. and there were people uh, leaders in Washington D.C. were doing blow right in front of them. That was it. And you're sitting there and you're going, "What the hell?" The story originally, uh, controversial representative Madison called this from Mediaite. Cawthorn is making headlines again after he told John, host John Lovell on the Warrior Poet Society podcast. There's a good thing to avoid. 
last week that Washington, D.C. is rife with sexual perversion and drug use. Cawthorn, 26, is currently the youngest serving member of the House of Representatives. Now, AOC, she got glowing press because of her age. She said wildly stupid things nonstop, too, but she was a Democrat. Those wildly stupid things were ignored. Madison Cawthorn, those become the story. Still, you don't give your enemies ammunition. Lovell asked Cawthorn just how accurate the popular Netflix TV show House of Cards was in its disgusting portrayal of Washington. Quote, I heard former president, a former president that we had in the 90s was asked a question about this, Cawthorn responded, and he gave an answer that I thought was so true. He said the only thing not accurate about that show that you could uh, you could never get a piece of legislation about education passed that quickly. Cawthorn then blah, 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 he goes on. He goes, quote, the sexual perversion that goes on in Washington, I mean, being kind of a young guy in Washington, the average age is probably 60 or 70, Cawthorn said, adding, I look at a lot of these people, a lot of them that I've looked up to throughout my life. I've always paid attention to politics, and then suddenly you get invited to, oh, hey, we're going to have a sexual get-together in one of our homes. You should come. (laughs) That's right. 80-year-old Chuck Grassley, come on over. We're having an orgy at my house. I know there's going to be piles of cocaine. He goes on to talk about how there's a lot of cocaine there. Well, he's now walked that back because Kevin McCarthy, leader of the Republicans, said, dude, name names. Who are the who are these people engaging in orgies, uh, cocaine fueled orgies? And because I want to know, I want to know. It's not a matter of, oh, well, it's a private matter. No, no, no. These are public officials living here on our dime telling us what to do with our lives. I want to know if they're going to cocaine-fueled orgies. Well, oopsie, 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 oopsie. Mediaite again. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said Wednesday that Representative Madison Cawthorn has lost his trust and needs to turn himself around after meeting with a freshman member of Congress over his claims about being invited to orgies and witnessing uh, leaders doing cocaine right in front of him. McCarthy also reported that Cawthorn admitted he exaggerated his claims about sex and drugs in Washington, D.C. Quote, there's a lot of different things that can happen, but I told him he's lost my trust. He's going to have to earn it back, McCarthy told reporters. I mean, he's got a lot of members very upset. You can't just make statements out there. You can't. If you back it up, if you go to a a hooker and blow-filled party... Tell us about it. We want to know. But to make yourself sound cool on some podcast, maybe don't do the podcast. Maybe don't be stupid. It's a very good rule. It's a very simple rule. Don't be stupid. Unfortunately, far too many people are incapable of following that. It's not that they refuse to follow that rule. It's that they are incapable of following that rule. So um, if you were disappointed, if you really thought that your members of Congress were up here, if you wanted to envision uh, Steny Hoyer, Nancy Pelosi, all going at it with piles of Coke, just uh, Coke mist floating in the air, it may well be true, but they're not inviting a 26-year-old Republican member to it. Probably, probably not true. Probably not true. Most definitely, probably not true. When you listen to these Democrats whine and talk, well, actually, no, let's let's I want to hold off on Pelosi just for a second, just because I want to show you what Joe Biden said yesterday about COVID. 
and how just clueless this man is. He announced a new website. Finally. He's been president for over a year, and he's finally managed to put together a website, covid.gov, where you can go and get information about blah, 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 blah. It's such garbage. It's The whole thing is under a false pretense. Listen to his announcement where he got his fourth booster. No, he got his fourth shot, his second booster. It's hard to keep up without a slide rule. Um, Because the CDC announced that you should, if you're of a certain age, 80 or above, you should get a fourth booster. And why not? You should just walk around with an IV drip from Pfizer provided right to you. Uh, And he says that the numbers are up. The COVID numbers are actually down. The COVID numbers are actually down. Unless the president knows something that we don't, uh, the numbers are actually down. There's a possibility that Joe has received confidential classified briefings and he just went on to spew that information because he's dense. He is the guy who told the world that it was SEAL Team 6 that killed Bin Laden, putting them their lives at risk. So you can't really put anything past him. He also said that we're training uh, Ukrainian troops in Poland. The government denies that we are. But who knows? Maybe we are, and Joe Biden let it slip because he's dumb and senile. But here he is announcing that uh, the numbers for COVID are up in his little press availability yesterday. Because of the strategy we executed over the past year on vaccinations, testing, treatments, and more, we're now in a new moment in this pandemic. does not mean that COVID-19 is over. It means that COVID-19 no longer controls our lives. That's what it means. Cases are ticking up as we thought they might. But now, thanks to the foundation we've laid, America has the tools to protect people, all people. And, you know, as we've done from day one, my administration is making it easier than ever for Americans to access these tools. Speaking of tools, I just love this guy. But numbers are ticking up. Numbers are actually ticking down. Kind of significant. Kind of an important thing. But he's trying to take credit for it. Oh, it's all because of all this stuff that I did. And it has nothing to do with him, his existence, or anything to do with any of it. The numbers, by the way, are uh, last year, since it's a seven-day rolling average, at this time, 65,900 new cases. This year, 29,600 new cases. That's a significant decrease, Joe. Deaths, 1,003 last year. This year, 704. Not as significant of a decrease, but still a decrease. You would think the guy would be briefed on that because he would be able to take credit for those sorts of things. But he's not. Or he was briefed on something six months ago, and that's the memory that his brain accessed. Who the hell knows? But then he goes on to announce that now that the pandemic is waning, he's got a website. Today I announced a one-stop shop to get any and everything you need to deal with COVID. Go to covid.gov covid.gov all the information is there all the information is there it is a website so basic i could put it together (laughs) really it just provides external links to places where you can go oh uh if you're sick here is it really a mystery because he went on to say that uh, now people no longer have to hunt around to find out how to get vaccines can you can you go to the grocery store without somebody still trying to stab you can you go to a drugstore without somebody saying, hey, do you want a, another booster? You want another? Bo- hey, uh, booster shots over here. They're like the shot girl at a strip club, except they're needle. You want a shot? Anybody want a shot? Who wants a shot? You want to buy me a shot? It's so, 
bizarre. Finally, he puts up COVID.gov, where it says links to here's where you can pick up masks. Here's where you can get vaccines. Is this really necessary? Here's where you can go get COVID tested. But at this point, if you can't figure out how to get COVID tested, you've probably already died of COVID. But our president spending billions of dollars on a basic website that you'd be embarrassed if you're a high school student said, look, I made a, a website. You go, oh, God. Uh, poor Johnny. You just pat him on the head and give him a lollipop. That's what somebody should do with this president, honestly. Since we're still, we talked a little bit about the... Uh, the trans issue again in Disney. This, this is something to behold. Washington or the Los Angeles Times. I don't want to, to spend a lot of time on this. Maybe we'll get into it later. But it's a sad and scary time for LGBTQ students and their families. Reads the headline in the Los Angeles Times. Where? It's all about Florida. But where the hell are you? Where is it? Where is it that it's dangerous? Oh, man, it's hard out there for a pimp. Where it's dangerous to be LGBTQ. Where? Everywhere. You're celebrate. You're cheered. It's an accomplishment somehow. Now, it's been perverted into being an accomplishment. Oh, it's tough out there. Pariah, Para, Paria, P-A-R-I-A. Hasori feels fortunate that her family lives in California and not Texas, where Republican governor recently issued a directive to investigate parents who seek gender transitioning procedures for their minors. Yeah. Her 18-year-old daughter, Ava. Okay, so the daughter's 18. She's not a minor. It wouldn't impact her. Ava revealed she was transgendered to a teacher five years ago and now identifies as female. Quote, if I lived in Texas and supported my daughter when she was in transition, Hasori said, I could be considered a child abuser. Oh, you're still considered a child abuser, lady. Hasori, a physician who runs the Pediatric and Adolescent Gender Wellness Clinic at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. Let me repeat that because, again, it is a matter of I am a hammer, everything is a nail. Hasori, a physician who runs the Pediatric and Adolescent Gender Wellness Clinic at Cedars-Sinai's Medical Center, and advocates are alarmed that Republican lawmakers across the U.S. have introduced a record number of bills and regulations purporting to shield young Americans from what they see as undue pressure to identify as gay, lesbian, non-binary, or transgender, or accept those who do. None of these have anything to do with accepting those who do, but I would suggest that maybe, just maybe, the doctor who runs the Pediatric and Adolescent Gender Wellness Center Clinic at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center might have a vested interest in this discussion and might have had some influence, some level of influence, over her child's beliefs, Right? Don't you think maybe? With the midterm elections looming, GOP leaders are stoking homophobic and anti-transgender sentiments as ways to help 
the party seized control of Congress in November. Their strategy was on full display. This is a news story, by the way, not a press release from some left-wing organization. Their strategy was on full display at last week's confirmation hearings for Ketanji Brown-Jackson, which saw Republicans accuse the Supreme Court nominee of threatening parental rights as a trustee of a private school that, as Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee claimed, teaches kindergartners that they can choose their gender. Yeah, it's kind of perverse. State lawmakers have proposed at least 238 discriminatory bills targeting LGBTQ students, athletes, and curricula in their first three months of 2022, compared to only 41 in the year 2008, according to an analysis by NBC News. Based on data from advocacy group Freedom for All Americans and the American Civil Liberties Union, there are so many enemies of rational common sense in this country right now. They have tax-exempt status or they have press credentials. This story goes on and on and on. Everybody's a victim. But in each and every case, it is straight-up advocacy. There is no reporting on this. They don't accurately report on what the law is in Texas. They don't accurately report on what the law is in Florida. They have no interest in reality because the truth is not on their side. And if truth is not on your side, you stay as far away from the truth as you possibly can. These people are staying not only arms like they're social distancing from the truth since at least the 60s, Democrats have. Somebody should make that shirt. Democrats, social distancing from the truth since 1965 or something like that. Who the hell knows? These people are evil, man. They are just evil. Sick, too. I want to shift gears and talk about nuts. No, I want to talk about Nancy Pelosi. One crazy nut. Because Nancy Pelosi took part in an interview with uh, Molly Ball. She's... uh, A serious journalist for Time magazine, allegedly, although everything Nancy Pelosi says in this interview, it's a video interview for an hour. She's sitting there nodding her head going, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Molly Ball is on the team. But in the course of this interview, Nancy Pelosi said something that is it should be horrifying that a public official thinks this way. If Donald Trump had said something like this. Well, I think he did. And the left went absolutely crazy. The left would constantly go crazy about these things because we're at a point now where democracy is a meaningless word. It's a meaning. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. I get it. But we had a very specific use or definition of the term democracy in the United States that referred to our republic. Yes, semantically wrong, but everybody did it. So it's like the word irregardless isn't a word, but now it's going to be. It's added to the dictionary because everybody was just using it. So listen to Nancy Pelosi talk about democracy. She fears for democracy if her side loses. Then we're going to lose our... If she doesn't get her way, we're going to lose democracy. Do you think... Is she quoting Hitler? Is she quoting Stalin? Well, Stalin didn't hold elections, and Hitler didn't really hold elections after he fully seized power either. None of these people do. But it's a bizarre, bastardized definition of the concept of democracy if when the people have their say, I don't get my way. You can only get this from a liberal Democrat. It is absolutely essential for our democracy that we win. I fear for our democracy if the Republicans were ever to get the gavel. We can't let that happen. Democracy is on the ballot in November. 
but more important to people in their daily lives because they may not see that danger and we don't want to be fear mongers are their kitchen table concerns, whether it's how they're going to pay the rent, buy food, uh, educate their children, provide for pensions for the seniors and the family, whatever uh, their needs are, their kitchen table needs. They have to talk that over at the kitchen table and it keeps them up at night. That is our agenda uh, for the people, for working families in our country. And we feel very positive about our prospects. It has nothing to do with history and everything to do with the future. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. The idea that somehow you're worried, somehow you get in with your pension. Are we supposed to provide pensions for the elderly? That's not how it works, but that's seemingly what she says. She also says that what Democrats don't really stand for anything except they stand for whatever's popular. Did you catch that? But I want to. I love that. Oh, no. Whatever's bothering you, that's our agenda. Really? You're bothering me, Nancy. You're bothering the hell out of me. Can you do something about you, please? No? Well, then it's then you're a dishonest shrew. Oh, I'm so mean, aren't I? I'm awful. Now, let's go into what Nancy Pelosi said just a little bit deeper, because you heard the long clip. Now, let's go to a couple of bits of isolation, just because they deserve... Further exploration, shall we? And talking about her fears for our democracy. Vote for me, vote for them, vote for Democrats or our very democracy. Can you really vote wrong in a democracy if you displease Nancy? It is absolutely essential for our democracy that we win. I fear for our democracy. If the Republicans were ever to get the gavel, we can't let that happen. Democracy is on the ballot in November. Democracy is on the ballot in November. No, democracy is not on the ballot in November. It has nothing to do with democracy, the concept. The actual act is the democracy in this country. The voting. But Democrats always this way. If we either we win or it's not democracy. It's Hitlerific in its simplicity, in its binary. You know, the the Democrats deny that anything else is binary. Used to acknowledge that it was men and women. Now it's not binary. It's anything. You could be anything in all all things all at once. But when it comes to power, either they get their way or it's it's a threat. It's democracy is over. These are the very same people who, when there is a referendum, meaning the actual direct democracy, voters get a say, and they lose, they don't go, oh, well, we tried, what are you going to do? They say, we must sue. We must sue. We have to sue. It's important. And they do sue. And then they run to the courts and try to get things overturned. And many times they do get things overturned. And they celebrate that overturning of the public will as a victory for democracy. You can't make this stuff up. It is bizarre how anybody could look at themselves in the mirror, not just a Nancy Pelosi joke, and think that. But it is the world that we live in. It is the world that the left has constructed for themselves. Now, that was the first part of what she said. The second part of what she said is just as bizarre and just as stupid and disturbing, shall we say but more important to people in their daily lives because they may not see that danger and we don't want to be fear mongers, are their kitchen table concerns, whether it's how they're going to pay the rent, buy food, uh, educate their children, provide for pensions for the seniors and the family, whatever uh, their needs are, their kitchen table needs. 
They have to talk that over at the kitchen table and it keeps them up at night. That is our agenda uh, for the people, for working families in our country. That is our agenda. Whatever it is people want, whatever is going on, whatever, we don't have an agenda. We'll just uh, promise you to do and deal with whatever you're going to say. But one of the things in there is she talks about we care about people and blah, kitchen table issues and and uh, pro- families so they can provide pensions for our seniors. Are we supposed to provide? Did I miss another memo? Are we supposed to provide pensions for our seniors? I kind of thought that's what I was paid Social Security for, because it sure as hell isn't going to be around when the time comes for me to collect. It's going to be bankrupt inside of a couple of months here, the way they're going. But to sit there and just throw all these things out there and then say, whatever it is that bothers you, that's that's our agenda. How in the hell do you, how do you run a political party in a serious way? How does this political party being taken seriously if they say, well, we believe in whatever it is that bother you. We're with you. Whatever it is. You have no principles of your own, Nancy. There's nothing you stand for on your own, regardless, up against the popular will of the people. You say, I don't care what the... I recognize that the majority is against me, but I, as a matter of principle, for whatever reason, whatever, it doesn't matter, you can have your own reason, I... Do not concur. I go in the opposite direction. No, it's the exact. It's what politicians always do. We always knew that they did it. They just pander and they they tell you what they want to hear. But at least they used to take the things you wanted to hear and then regurgitate them back to you. They didn't say, I'll tell, I believe in whatever you want to hear. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm malleable. Just for God's sakes, vote for me and you can have whatever you want. I promise I'll care deeply about whatever it is. It's unbelievable. <laughs> she just she just throws it right out there. She just throws it right out there. That's that's the Speaker of the House, ladies. That's the leader of the Democratic Party in the House of Representatives, in Congress, really, because she just plows over Chuck Schumer every chance she gets. And she could plow over Joe Biden, too. But then again, a, a fart could knock over Joe Biden. So whatever. It's just unbelievable. They don't often admit these sorts of things. Uh, lastly today, I just saw this. This is uh, not distur- It's not surprising. The gift bags at the Oscars, you know, the ridiculous gift bags that they have. Apparently, they've become more discriminating as to who they give bags to. The uh, Let's see. There are only 28 people worthy of getting bags this year. This is from CNBC. This year, a total of 28 people will receive the Everybody Wins Bag. Not apparently not everybody wins the five nominees for best actress, best actor supporting in those and director will receive the bags as well as the three hosts. And then they throw in one to Spielberg because they don't want to piss off Steven Spielberg. So what's in the bag? What did these pampered, you know, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Chris Rock walks away with no bag. Will Smith walks away with a bag that has a value of, what is it? It's $140,000. I think that's what it is. It's a hundred, Yeah, it's a $140,000 bag. What's inside? The most expensive item is a $50,000. $50,000 for a three-night stay in Turin Castle in Scotland, inspired by Denzel Washington's Best Actor nomination for Tragedy of Macbeth. Guests who accept the offer will have full access to the 17th century castle, complete with butler service and a bagpiper welcome when they arrive. Oh, it's nice when millionaires get free stuff, isn't it? 
There are 52 other items, including things like celebrity arms, arm liposuction that's valued at 12 grand. Uh, you get a small plot of land in Scotland and the title Lord or Lady. You can buy that yourself, actually. It's not that expensive. $25,000 worth of home renovations for being nominated for an Oscar. Ah, that's a pretty sweet deal. Up to $10,000 worth of treatments and rejuvenation procedures from some doctor who has a Eastern European name. I'm not sure I would take that. $15,000 for a four-night stay for two at the Golden Door Luxury Resort and Spa in Escanado, California. A small batch tea gift set from Oprah approved the Chai Box. Well, if Oprah approves of it, you'd probably be murdered in Hollywood if you don't take it. This is my favorite. It's a little bit late for Will Smith. Probably should have uh, maybe maybe gifted the gift bag before the ceremony. So he could have gotten this one underway. A $1,200 life coaching session with wellness expert Coyote Joseph. There's a hell of a scam. If you want to meet the Oscar nominees, your favorite actor or actress is nominated for an Oscar, declare yourself to be a life coach and then uh, give your services in the gift bag. Yeah. Will Smith could have used the coaching beforehand before he went and smacked the hell out of Chris Rock. I think I think the horse had left the barn on that one. But hey, better late than never or something, right? Isn't that what they say? It's it's always the people who've already gotten what they want who say better late than never. It's never the, the kid or the guy who smacked the hell out of the, the comedian. Who goes, oh, you know what? Now I realize I'm wrong. Better right late than never. No, that guy's getting advice from his attorney to shut up. Don't say anything. Anyway, I'm going to shut up and not say anything because it's freaking Friday and I get to go and swear for like 45 minutes about everything else that's going on in the world. And God knows there's enough with this senile SOB, the Oscars, the transgender stuff, the Disney. Oh, my God. I feel a hate crime coming on. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Appreciate your support. I'll hopefully speak to you at midnight or on uh, Monday. Oh, and if you are a member at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast, you have until about one o'clock on Sunday to enter to win either a signed Matt Walsh book or a signed Adam Carolla book. Your choice. You choose. Either way, have a great weekend. You have no choice in that one. I said it. So it is written. So it shall be done. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.